All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Hello, welcome to your podcast. This is Gary Schaller. I'm Ken Mills. And I'm Matt Porter. Glad to be with you guys and glad to be with everybody listening because we've got a great show tonight. It's June and there's a lot going on in, uh, in Kissland. We've got news finally about the new album. We're counting down the days until we get a new single and I guess until the book is released. But we're going to talk about all of that. But first, how you guys been? Doing good. Uh, it's been a busy time since last we spoke and uh, we're all in different parts of the country now and it's just great. And congrats. It's always good to talk kiss. And congrats, dude. You got married. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, how about you, Matt? What's going on? Just all the usual good stuff. It's summer, and I work at a school, so the nice thing is things change pace. You know, you give out all the diplomas. You say, congratulations, you're on your way. And, you know, things change pace. It's kind of nice. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, well, so let's let's talk about what's going on in, in KISS world right now, because this is that that time that I really love that we're going to get less and less as the years. We have gotten less and less as the years go by. It's always fun to be a KISS fan, but there's nothing like that that excitement of the calm before the storm. Am I right? Oh, exactly. Uh, it's always great when a new album's about ready to drop, as you cool people say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got a single coming. Um, and are we thinking that we're going to hear new music on this tour? I think we're going to get whatever that single that hits in July, That's they'll do that when they start the tour. Okay. We're going to get that one song. Right. And that's how it started with the, uh, you know, when they were doing Sonic Boom, right? It was just Modern Day Delilah when that was, uh, well, I guess that was even after the, the record came out, really. Right? So they did Modern Day Delilah, then they gradually added the two other songs. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird for Kiss. They usually do, like, here's the three new songs or here's the four new songs. But, you know, I, I'm also wondering, and, and I heard your answer, Ken, but do you guys think that it's going to be a Gene single or a Paul single? I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Paul single. Yeah, I think Paul single. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, with it being kind of a heavier record, you know, when like the the it seems like the precedent is when we want to present as heavy, we do. For it. example, Revenge. Revenge, and then you know, I love it loud, right? Right. So I don't know. Well, you know, I, I would love to be proven wrong. It'd be great either way. Paul knocked it out of the ballpark with Modern Day Delilah because it absolutely was, it was such great a riff. great song. Yeah, and heavy, and he, you know, he just smoked on it. And um, I mean, I just remember hearing that for that very first time, the little sneak preview that they had, and whatever twenty seconds or however long it was, playing that over and over and over on the iPod, and. Um, and loving the the fact that you could hear Gene and and Tommy and Eric on the backing vocals that to me still is one of the my favorite things about that song. Um, and I'm 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 really I'm wondering if it's going to be a Paul song or a Gene song. But I, I I really don't care at this point. I just want something new, new music from Kiss. Time will tell as Kissery unfolds. Uh, what do you guys think about this monster book? I mean, this thing you know they've joked about it being like. This isn't a coffee table book. It's a it's an actual coffee table, and no Seinfeld joke, you know, need, need be a voice. But um, 
they say this thing weighs one and a half pounds per page, and at like two hundred and what two pages or something like that, it's it's got to be like three hundred pounds. I uh, I think. It's what are you gonna do? Like like basically for for like you know first off, if you're gonna carry, you need at least three friends. I would imagine. So like the three of us should all get one book. And we'll like carry it from room to room, and one guy will have to be on one end to open, you know, to fold it back, and it's just—it's kind of crazy. You know, you can keep it in the podcast treehouse on Monday, but I'll take it on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that your car's shocks would handle it, though? I think it's a little too crazy. Like I have to say, I don't have the real estate to buy that. Like, where will I put that? You, you know, and you know it's going to be fine. Hundred dollars. I mean, it's got to be. You know, you, at you, least you at need, least five hundred dollars. You would need real estate to to uh, like to mortgage in order to buy that. Um, right. I you know, it's, Cassius isn't here, but I'm thinking that he's probably of the the of all of us who've been on the show. He's probably the one who still takes gym class. And I'm thinking for for gym class, what they could do is just have have the kid, you know, start at one end of the book and just run and turn the page because that's like yeah. You know, you know, like a what is it, a mile or something, right? Um, I I think it's an absolutely ridiculous book, and that's what's so cool about it. I because Kiss is the kings of the ridiculous at times. This this is the Kiss book, right? Like like seven inch heels and giant show and all that stuff. Like, of course they've got this book coming out. They're Kiss. This book will wear more high heels and more makeup yeah. than your mommy's books. Exactly. <laughs> right. But I tell you what. Well, you wait really a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I have to do it. Okay. This book, I have <laughs> take two. <clears throat> the monster book will wear more high heels and wear more makeup than your mommy's book. There you go. It's really spookily good, dude. It's eerily good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, so I, I would I would love to have it from from seeing the pictures. I just can't imagine having that thing in my house right you know what like I, if, I if they would do a smaller version it would be cool the paperback you know i'll get it when it when it um when it comes out uh as an kindle audio, audio you want a kindle or an <laughs> audio book right yeah turn h2 right right or just, you know, yeah, it looks like H3. the ultimate the ultimate kiss poster book i mean it looks like right. every page the poster i don't know does it have any text in it it seems like at this point it's all just photos well, at this point, I'd be mad for like every bit of text in it. It would be just just give me the posters, you know. Right. I'll tell you, this is still in my mind not the coolest kiss book to ever come out, and I'm hoping that the coolest kiss book will come out someday, and it'll be the Donruss uh, oh. trading card sets wow. one and two in in like the size of Kiss Street. I think that would there be you go. That'd be great. Agreed. Just something that that has all of the artwork and photos of all the like classic Kiss merchandising, and then if you throw the tour books in there, like because I want to see, like I want one part of this. Yeah, book. but my my idea is cooler and simpler. Well, yeah, you're you're, but you're you are cooler and simpler. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am simpler. That's for sure. No, you know, I just want like I would want a book that has like two pages that are the kiss color forms. You can't actually play with them, but like it's all the artwork from it. And then right. like, you know, pages that are the like um the order forms that you used to get or like samples of like the mail away forms that they had in in those old magazines. I want the uh Kiss Meets the Phantom magazine to be re you know, wow. reproduced, that kind of thing. And and the and people have said this a lot, you know, a book that 
compiles all of the um, the tour books, right? Those like some of those hard to get classic old tour books from uh, back in the day that none of us have really uh-huh. seen. So I, I yeah that. Uh, and- and definitely the Kiss Alive book, the Kiss Alive Two book, those kind of with those iconic images, that'd be fantastic. Right. Yeah, and they could, you know, I mean, Very it wouldn't cool. be the same as having the original thing, but for those of us that that don't and can't afford to to buy all the old vinyl, I mean, that would that would be the way to go. But here we are talking about something that hasn't been made or isn't going to be made necessarily, and and Monster right. book is coming out, and I. I think that's going to be really great. I'm with you, Ken. I don't know that I – and Matt. I don't know that I have the money or the real estate or the um, the actual physical Or the, or the uh, two friends to carry it – to help you carry it to your car, you know. I, you know, I, I think – Basically, I would, it's, it's, it's a book that needs its own pallbearers. You, <laughs> you need a social network to have this book. And um, it's, it's crazy. But I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I think – I was going to say that this book is going to go over great with the people – the same people who buy tickets and go on the Kiss yacht, the Kiss cruise, but mm-hmm. I actually think it would be dangerous to bring this book on the Kiss cruise. Well, my goodness! I mean, if if you're lugging, let's say let's say it's only a hundred and fifty pounds, okay? Only. Let's say somehow, yeah, it's all. Think about that. Yeah. You're basically lugging a dead human around really in are. book form. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the size. You know, it's it's kind of like Weekend with Bernie, Weekend with Monster, the book. Yeah. <laughs> I want it shipped in the Kiss coffin. So there you go. Maybe the coughing could double as a cooler and a storage place for your Kiss Monster book. Maybe they well, could you could be the... a, a pallbearer and a gene bearer. Ah. Ah. See, I, I wanted to hit your joke before, but I missed the opportunity. Well, there you go. <laughs> and speaking of news, right? We got the book coming out, but but this is something for all the uh, all the guys out there who watch cartoons like we do. Hey guys, this is the girl I told you about. You know, I knew her before we formed Kiss. Luce Lois. Cool, Luce Lois. The legend herself. My Grand Slam was supposed to be with sausage. Okay, so one of the things that you probably saw was Kiss announcing that there will be the Family Guy tie-in of, of merchandise. And, of course, everybody knows that episode where Peter dresses up in the Gene Simmons costume. And I'm saying, for me, that's a must-have item. If they make the figure of Gene Peter Griffin, I have to have it. Yeah, but then you figure they'll have a Lois in the in the Peter makeup because you know uh, nobody wants to be Peter Chris, even Peter uh-huh. Chris. And uh, you know, wouldn't it be cool Ow. if they made if they made the group of uh, you know they have the Kiss figures sitting at the Denny's? You know, my grands, my uh, I don't have the bacon or whatever. Right, right, right. That'd be kind of fun to have. I'd like to see that. Or, the, or the uh, Kiss saves Christmas with you have Santa Claus, and they you know have the little voice chip inside of it. So I mean, I think really there's there seems to be some good possibilities. I know wouldn't that be cool if they actually made a full length Kiss Save Santa? Even if they did an, you know, we saw the clips from it. Wouldn't it be great if they did an actual feature? I think that'd be fantastic. They've already done Family Guy the Star Wars and so did it well. I biggest, and it, fantastic. Yeah, it would be the other biggest iconic thing of the '70s. Why not? No, I love Family Guy and Seth MacFarlane is a genius. There's not. I mean, there's not anything pop culture that that guy doesn't get, and and that he can't somehow replicate. So uh, true, true. Yeah, he's he's he nailed it. I don't know. I don't let, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys something. Okay, speaking of the, um, you know, we're talking about the Kiss Stock episode. If, if people haven't <coughs> seen this episode of Family Guy, you really owe it to yourself to watch it because it's super funny. 
Um, right. They go, they go to this like festival. It was like Woodstock, but it's Kiss Stock, right? And this was, I don't know, 2001, 2002. This was already, it was like before Tommy Thayer was, was a full-on member, but it was when Eric Singer had already replaced Peter Chris uh, in the makeup. And I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, okay? But there's, they show them playing, it's probably Rock and Roll Night or Shout Out Loud or Detroit Rock City or whatever. Kiss are playing in Family Guy. And his hair turns blonde yeah, okay. for like a second. Right? Mm-hmm. You ever notice? I am a nerd. Okay. I am a nerd. Matt, you ever notice that? Yeah, you know what? It's fun because then you can tell there's already some kind of a split because Gene and Paul leave and the... Uh, Ace and Peter come running out and start doing that kind of soft shoe dance. Like, oh, now's right. a chance to be stars. And, right, right, right. You know, right. they... they... <laughs> right, right. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Seth MacFarlane knows what's going on. It's great. Yeah. And another, and, and, and another Kiss pop culture news, and I'm not going to talk about Kiss and Hello Kitty, Matt uh, also got the newest Dress to Kill Kiss comic book, and Matt, can you give us a little review or tell us a little bit about it? You know, and I stopped by the comic book store today, and they actually had I had I said to the guy, "Look, hold aside for me any of the new Kiss comics that come out." So he actually held the two that were the ones that are the direct, you know, over the counter kind. Turns out there's six variant covers. So I, of course, bought the four. He says now there's one cover that has the photo that they've been using to promote Monster, and it has kind of a white background. And he says, "Oh, this is very rare." And now look. I worked in a comic book store. I know about this variant cover thing. It's like, right. you know, okay, look, they're going to grab as much money as they can. <clears throat> and they got as much of my money as they could because I bought all four. But the uh, then there's apparently there's one that goes only to Kiss Online. And there's yeah. another one that's uh, like some other variant cover. But I got the four. And I'll tell you, I like it. The artwork is real is real clean they clearly are trying to work in as many um kiss references they can they they use um all hell's breaking loose quote on the front on the first page and then there's a lot of reference to the song she the the girl he keeps referring to as she the guy's name believe it or not is wicked lester they mm-hmm. even reference um they reference the original marvel comic they re- reference the psycho circus comics you know it actually seems like they're really trying to tie it all together you know and it really i i like it a lot um, you yeah, know, I, I, I think in a way night, it looks really good. And it seems like they're on to something kind of neat. This idea again, that it's the spirits of kiss kind of, you know, through the years doing good things and they work in the word, the elder and they work in the words destroyer. And, you know, uh, I think they're trying hard to make it as, as much about not just, Oh, here's some superheroes with kiss makeup. They seem to really be wanting to flavor it with as much kiss stuff as they can. You know, if you're going to get into Kiss uh, now, right, or if you're going to get into Kiss like when Cassius did, um, what, four years ago or five years ago or something, within the past ten years, um, it's a it's a cool band to get into, not just because they're Kiss and they're awesome, but because there's so much nitty-gritty and backstory and soap opera and changes and things and ins and outs and all this stuff, and... Uh, it's cool that the comic series is attempting to encapsulate as much of that as possible because, you know, for us it's like, okay, they made an Elder reference, you know, that's cool. But if, you know, if you're just discovering Kiss, that's got to be super exciting. Plus they've got an, an album coming out with a kind of darker, monster, grittier theme. Perfect time for this kind of comic book to hit the shelves. 
Well, you know, it's funny. We were talking about, about earlier as far as the monster book and things like that. And one thing I was talking to my brother as we were coming home today from the, from picking these up, I've never seen anywhere on an auction or anything. I wonder who's got the original drawings of that original kiss comic book. You know, you never see those. Even yeah. just a page here, a page there, a panel here. You'd think somebody must have that stuff. I mean, they're reprinting in June. Apparently, they're reprinting the original two Kiss comics in a series and all this stuff. And I and we started thinking was like if somebody had that page where they're blowing up out of the uh, the little photo booth, right? right. And that would be a prize. Like who? And I'm thinking to myself, clearly at the time, Kiss they has had to, to have it though. Yeah, somebody must have it. I mean, whether Marvel has it or, you know, is it in Stan Lee's vault, True Believers, or, you know, uh, <laughs> who could, because you never even hear word of it. Like, you never see a picture of, oh, here's, you know, Stan Lee at his birthday party flipping through the old Kiss comic with Gene Simmons. You know, it's, uh, I, I would think that would be a real, real one of these kind of holy grail kind of collectibles. Imagine if you could get one of those actual pages without real Kiss blood, as we all know. But hey, wouldn't that be nice? But I got to tell you something. I, that would be awesome. I can imagine that shit never really even survived. Um, and it just got, you know, bang, bang, bang. They put the comic out. And, I, you know, it wouldn't even surprise me if that stuff wound up in a dumpster. That would be sad if that's the case. I can't imagine Gene letting that happen, being such a comic nerd. No, I mean, well, it's hard plus, to at the that, time, yeah. well, but, but they were huge then, too. A lot of time, you know, you think about that, like they're making the first Star Wars, and they don't think it's going to be successful, so they're throwing away props or whatever. Right. But by the time they made the comic book, I mean, this is the biggest band in the world. Clearly, somebody's going, you know, I could sell the pencil that they signed, you know, <laughs> their name on the receipt for. You know, it's like, I, I would think at that point, Marvel especially wouldn't just go, eh, you know, pitch it. Right. But yet you never I've never seen it. I'd be curious to to put that out to the podcast listeners. Has anybody ever seen even a, a anything from it? Sketches or any of the line drawings or anything? I know when they did the convention tour, they brought out all kind of sketches of some of the album covers. They had the different Kiss Unmasked panels, but you'd never see the comic book. Right. Right. Yeah, that stuff that that uh to me is like priceless cool shit. Well, on on behalf of the podcast staff of nerds, for all of you that aren't into Kiss comic books, we apologize for talking so much about it. Let's listen to this very cool live track. I will meet some of you back in the ladies' room.
that was some classic kiss for you. And uh, Ken, you you recently dove into the listener mail, right, and had a neat uh, bit of feedback you wanted to share with us. Is that right? Yeah, actually, I got on the phone with somebody who had a really good idea, and uh, it was from Brycod2, and his name is Brian Coddington. And I got him on the phone, but this was his initial thing. He said, I love all the podcasts, and I feel I could join right in on the conversations. Keep up the enjoyable work. If I could pick a topic for a show, it would be about how Kiss is in your mind's eye, meaning that when you hear Black Diamond and you think of all the stage moves, or when you hear Tears Are Falling and think about the No Makeup era, and how Kiss fans get that, and how that affects listening to Kiss compared to other bands. So when you hear a certain song, do you picture that era all the time? Are you taken back, like, let's say when you hear Lick It Up, are you taken back to that? And is it weird for you to, like, to hear uh, non-makeup songs done by the makeup lineup and so on and so forth? What is Kiss in your mind's eye? And when you think of Kiss, what actually pops into your head? Hmm. Let's listen to this phone call, and then you guys comment. All right, Gary, it's time to go to the listener mailbag, and we were contacted by one Mr. Brian Coddington. He's a big podcast fan and listener, and we're glad to have him on the show. Hi, Brian. How are you today? Hey, Ken. How's it going? It's going really good. Now, you uh, contacted us with a very cool idea. Could you? Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you were searching for ideas, and I thought as a, as a fan since 77, the one thing that really sticks out for me with Kiss and other people, other artists, is how when you listen to them, you see them in your mind's eye so much. Um, the the big hardcore Kiss fans like us, we understand like if you listen to Black Diamond, you're thinking of the bombs going off at the end, and you're thinking of uh, when Ace gets down on his knees and they rock back and forth, and when you listen to the, Deuce, you think of the Deuce dance and, you know, how everything is so visual that comes with the music that really sets them apart from other bands. Even when it comes to makeup and non-makeup songs, like, that even affects the way you listen to it. Like, when they started singing Lick It Up with makeup, it was like this huge deal to us, like, oh, cool, they're going to sing Lick It Up with makeup, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Same song, but it meant something different. Right. So that that was my idea. I thought you guys would like to uh, to discuss that a little bit. So what is Kiss in your mind's eye? Just this visual, great. They're, they're just so visual that when you when you listen to them, you can't help but think of the way that they look while they're singing. You know, and not too many artists do that to you. You know, maybe like Alice Cooper would or something like that, but not to the extent, you know, Kiss does. I mean, I I think that uh, we know so much about Kiss, uh, the hardcore guys, that it kind of takes a little of the magic away. I think you said one time, like, you see the man behind the curtain now. Yeah. When we were were young, we didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think it really helps you stay young, like being a Kiss fan. You oh, know? no doubt about it. Uh, and, and and that could be any hobby or anything, whether it's a sport. And it's weird because people don't think of it as as anything weird. If you're a baseball fan, or you know, your your you, your your right, team right. plays every spring, and 
you know, life is renewed in some way. Well, that's kind of how it is for us as KISS fans. Every year there's a tour or something. There's always yeah. something going on. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And, and you know, the way <clears throat> the way it is with the Internet now, you just – there's, like, something every day. Like, it just almost becomes part of your routine where you just check a KISS site to see what's going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, where when we were kids – uh, you had to wait for like the next 16 magazine or the next cream magazine, <laughs> you know, to see what's going on and how, how big a deal it was. Like when, uh, when the elder costumes were made, um, and 16 magazine was like the first ones to have pictures of it. And, you know, just everything was just so visual and, you know, a lot of people that aren't kids fans, that's, I think that's the part that they don't get, mm-hmm. you know, that, that like certain songs just mean so much more to you. But, you know, that was my idea. Do you, do you have a second favorite group or a first favorite group other than Kiss? Oh, no, Kiss has always been my favorite. I mean, I do like a lot of groups. Um, I like, you know, Alice Cooper, Judas Priest. I, I'm actually also a very big country music fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kiss is like every everything, you know. People see Kiss on TV and they call me right away, like Kiss is on TV. Yeah, I yeah, thought that was yeah. weird. Like the night they were on the Country Music Awards, I yeah, my yeah. phone blew up from like all these people texting me from all over the country. Yeah, you know, yeah, same, same with Dancing on the Stars. It was it, you. You can always tell like the level that Kiss is reaching the non-fan by yeah. how much they contact us in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like weird because I'm just known for being a Kiss fan. Like people will be like, you remember that guy, Brian? I'm like, no. Uh, the guy with the long hair and the ponytail. Uh, no. The guy that's that big Kiss fan. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. <laughs> when, when, when did you become a Kiss fan? Uh, it was 77, maybe early 78. Um, I had, um, I think my first pick that I ever remember seeing was the uh, the 76 uh, poster where they they acted like they were like the Revolutionary War where Peter had the blood thing. Uh, yeah, the spirit and, of 76. Um, right. I think that's the first picture I ever remember seeing and I was just like fascinated with it. And uh, I remember buying uh, Rock and Roll All Night on 45 and just thinking I was like the biggest Kiss fan. Like, you know how you get, just get that feeling like nobody loves these guys more than me. <laughs> and you only you only had one song, you know, and uh, then it, it just went from there, um, you know, mowing lawns to buy each album one at a time. And and that's back when uh, you know the fan club cost a whole five dollars to join, right, and the yeah, album cost yeah. about the same amount. So yeah, I had that, you know, and then my first uh, concert uh, ever was uh, Kiss at uh, the Garden in '79. On the first night of the Dynasty tour, uh, the first night there on the Dynasty tour. So that that was just like it, you know. I was just there was no way that they weren't ever going to not be my favorite band. <laughs> That's cool. Your your question, what is Kiss in your mind's eye? Um, I, I can't help but relate to the story where you were talking about how you scour the magazine racks and you know this was a time when there was not mtv you know you couldn't see your band on television right. when we did see kiss right. it was on things like land of hype and glory or right. glimpses yeah. on uh this show or that show or yeah. you know yeah, so i think 
I think the first time that I really saw them talk and move and sing was Kiss Me the Phantom. Oh. You know, I, I think, um, and I was just blown away. It was like my favorite thing. And then years later, I taped it. I was like, man, this isn't what I remember it as, you know. Um, but I, I just remember, like, waiting for the commercials when they were playing at the Garden, just sitting in front of the TV, watching Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island, just for the Kiss commercial to come back on. The return of Kiss. Right, and I was just blown away. I'm like, that, they are the coolest guys, you know. I think that us kids that would pick up the magazines and see these weird shots of Kiss and we'd have, like, the Alive album to listen to, you kind of, like, created Kiss in your own head. Right, yeah, yeah, you did. You, you created what they did in your head. I mean, I even did that to the point where Sweet Pain and almost human the groans at the beginning mm -hmm. i used to think that's when he spit blood <laughs> you know really I mean? like it, yeah it would be like the perfect time like you know with that groan it was, like, it was like i was thinking he must spit blood right there and then sing the song you know i was i was talking to a friend yesterday that he thought that uh like ace would sing cold jim because it would have aces right by the credit yeah, so exactly, exactly he thought that every time he would see the name of who wrote the song by it that's the person that would sing it right. but then he would yeah. run into troubles where it would be like ezrin chris yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, you know. the exact same the exact same thing happened to me like i told you i had you know the rock and roll all night 45 and then i don't know how many days later i realized there was another song on the other side and it was Getaway. Uh-huh. And uh, it said Ace Freely. So I assumed Ace Freely sang it. You know, when you're 11 years old, what do you know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know. Well, how did you uh, become a friend and fan of the podcast? How did you find us? Uh, I believe uh, it was the um, – I'm not sure uh, how you say it. Is it the Kiss Facts or FAQ? Yeah. Yeah, it was just that board, like, saying, you know, go check out the the podcast. And, uh, you know, I always look forward to uh, each one. You know, I, I, uh, I'm i allowed to listen to headphones while I work, so I usually uh, listen to you while I'm at work. <laughs> so we keep so, you company through the day. Keep me company. Yeah, I mean, it's great. You guys, you, you sound like just a whole bunch of old friends just sitting around talking about Kiss. Why does everybody always, always mention old when you guys talk about me? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> how about lifelong friends? That you there you have? go. There yeah. you go. Uh, and I'm I'm always listening. I'm like, ooh, I would like to say something right there. You know, I would like to be in that conversation because um, it's it's just so interesting how we all are so interested in the details. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just crazy about the details. We want to know everything. And, you know, that that's another thing that the, the Internet takes away. It's like when you go to see Kiss now, you know exactly what they're going to sing. You mm -hmm. know the next song. You know, you know exactly what's coming next. And when we were kids, you know, like when I saw them on the Wicked Up tour, the Asylum tour, Animalize, you didn't know what they were going to sing. Right, because you didn't have the luxury of going and reading the set list from the last five shows. Right, right. So that was a lot more exciting. 
don't you think yeah. it's weird that people are more critical of that now? I mean, of, of course we're more aware of it now, but uh, do you think that if you were a fan back during, like, let's say on the Rock and Roll Over Tour or Love Gun Tour, that you go, oh, they did this, they did the same exact show in Pasadena or yeah. whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I think the difference is because you kind of just went by, that was the set list for that tour. And now we're seeing it every time they do a concert. They're like, oh, they did it again. Oh, they did it mm-hmm. again. Oh, they did it again. Um, but, you know, I guess they're right where most fans, you know, are not hardcore fans that are there, which I think they – I think Gene and Paul might be a little wrong about when they say that not everybody at the concert's hardcore fans. I think of mo- most people, they are, like, really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, not to the extreme like you or me are, but um, – and it it, it kind of was right, like when, you know, I saw them on the last tour, and when they sang Crazy Nights, the audience really did die. The people, you know, that aren't diehards, they don't know Let Me Go Rock and Roll. They they don't know 100,000 Years. You know, they, they could replace those with rare songs, like how they played Getaway on the cruise or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that was amazing. I I agree with you. On the other hand, uh, did you see the Hottest Show on Earth tour, the, you know, Sonic Boom tour or whatever? Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, we've read on the message boards that people would say things like, um, you know, I'm an animal comes on and that's when people go get a beer. Right, yeah. I kind of saw that too, but... Which I don't understand because to me it's, it's a new Kiss song. Yeah, at the time, I, I, I was really happy to hear that. One thing I love about Kiss, and I love about the Beatles, my my other favorite band, mm-hmm. is that they change so much. Yeah. You know, pe- people yeah. say Kiss Kiss is boring; it's the same thing all the time. But yet, you you can mention something like The Elder, or something like Unmasked, or something like Lick mm-hmm. It Up, and something like Carnival of Souls, and that's all one band. Right. Yet ACDC. Pretty much ACDC yeah. makes a great cheeseburger, and right. it's the and same it's, cheeseburger all the time. They basically it, have three different styles of cheeseburger. Yeah. This is it, and it's great, and you know what you're getting every time you go there. ACDC is like the McDonald's of, right. there's not, of, there's of not hard one, rock. There's not one drum roll on an ACDC song. Everything yeah, nothing is, that really every, comes up every, and catches you by surprise. Yeah, every, everything is a beat. You know, there's no like... Boom, 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 boom. That never happens in an ACDC song. I, I my God, I never realized that. Yeah, it's like it's like I think that's one of the things that makes them always sound the same. They just play, you know, everything's like three chords and it works. You know, they're huge. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can't fault it, but yeah. uh, it's yeah, definitely a, big, a formula uh, that Beatles, works. I'm a big Beatles fan, also. Like I have all the Beatles albums, and um, but I mean, if you think about you know, all the different phases that they went through. Like, another thing in your mind's eye is, like, me or you could look at a picture and we could tell you exactly what year it was Mm -hmm. because of the costumes, because of the makeup or whatever. And, you know, people that aren't KISS fans, they wouldn't be able to know that. That's You know, that's, like, another thing that's in in your eye. You know, like, if you listen to Acrobat from the box set, it's horrible sound and everything, but when we're listening to it, we're thinking – 
what they look like in that club mm-hmm. while they were while they were singing. And it makes it great to us where if somebody else listened to it, they'd be like, this sounds horrible. Right. You know, so that that's another thing. Like sometimes a song might not be so good, but because of the way you're thinking about it in your mind, it makes it better. <laughs> now, Brian, you have someone you're in a relationship with. Uh, yeah. Is, is she a KISS uh, wife? You know, whether she's your wife or not, I, I'm going to call her a KISS wife because <laughs> you're a KISS widow or whatever you want to call right. it. But well, she... Uh, she is very open-minded. Um, the la- on the Sonic Boom tour was the first time I got to take her to a Kiss concert, and she had a great time. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about while we're here? Or? Um, I had a like a three or four hour long conversation with Mitch Wiseman one time. Wow. Yeah, and uh, love to he, have him on the show. Yeah, he was very nice. He 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 was in a, a little three-piece band that played at my company picnic. And it, I guess it was like, I'm going to say 1990 or 91. And I had an Asylum t-shirt on that day. And uh, he, when I realized who he was, because he looks like Paul McCartney, because he, he played yeah. Paul McCartney in Beatlemania. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I went up to him, he goes, when I saw the shirt, I knew it was just a matter of time. And uh, we just started talking, and he talked about, you know, how he sang the background on Gene's solo album. And uh, and the interesting thing that he told me that I've never heard anybody say anywhere was that uh, he was hanging out with Paul Stanley while they were going over the photos uh, for the Lick It Up cover. Mm-hmm. And he said the very last picture uh, was the one with Gene sticking out his tongue, and he said to Paul, that's the album cover, because... Everybody will know it's Kiss because he's sticking out his tongue. So that that's kind of why they chose that picture. So in Paul's mind, I in, in Paul's mind's eye, Kiss was relatable because of Paul of Gene sticking out his tongue. Right. So I thought wow. I thought that that was pretty cool. That is pretty neat. Well, um, thank you for being on the show, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. God bless. Be good. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's some very cool stuff, Kenneth. Brycod, thanks so much for contributing to the podcast. We, we want everybody who listens to contribute as much as you can. Um, Brian Coddington. Yeah, thank you very much, Brian. And, uh, and you know, that's a great question. I, I'll tell you what. I think it really depends on what I'm listening to because sometimes I will I will imagine – kiss or i'll think of them on stage or i'll think of i'll try to imagine what what it's like with them in the studio and then sometimes i'm off in my own history my own experiences because that music is so the soundtrack of my life what about you matt i couldn't agree more i think and i mean certainly anybody that's listened to any of these i deal with everything on a pretty much emotional level of where was i when i listened to it is it high school was it kindergarten was it junior high whatever you know and i think to me so much of the music is tied to very specific times that a lot of time i'll picture where i was but then i picture that i think as they were at the time. If I'm listening to like rock and roll over, you know, you're picturing them in that era. You know, certainly I think by the time they're making the videos, and you mentioned tears are falling, but I mean, certainly I think we go to those because visually now the rest of the world had caught up to Kiss. Now we can really see them in action. But 
I think it's a fantastic topic. I think it takes you to specific places. I think we've talked about that before, even the fact that, you know, you remember running through the store to buy the album or, or you know, specific things where you were when you heard those songs. And I think that's really what just is always floating around in your head. I think it helps to have a strong visual connection, but it also has to be from maybe where you were when this came out like for example it would be hard for me as a new kiss fan i would imagine to have the same thrills like oh my god like like if kiss busted all hell's breaking loose out on this tour uh it would be weird for the three of us because we associate that as vinnie vincent lick it up eric carr that time Right, but to a new Kiss fan, it's just like, oh wow, this is a Kiss song. They they don't do all that much if they even notice at all. Right, but um, so I guess if there's visual cues that lead you to that, but then there's also things that you experience as you were coming up. So anyway, thanks, Brian. Yeah, and if you uh, would like to have uh, your topic maybe used as part of a Kiss podcast, uh, get a hold of us. Either join our Facebook page or send us a PM. And if you include your phone number, you might get that phone call, too. Matt, you recently uh, played a little bit of a tape that you recorded from back in the day. And you know I'm no stranger to recorded audio from back in the day. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about this recording that you're going to play for us? You know what? This is a clip of Gene Simmons interviewed around the time of the solo albums, and I recorded this with a tape recorder up against the TV. It's about 1978. In fact, I will always know that this is the recording that I did because about halfway through, you will hear my sister cough. And How and, dare and, she? <laughs> how dare she be not 100% silent while Gene's on the TV? And we sit around tables with our eight-inch boot heels, and we throw things back and forth. And besides the apple pies and things that go flying back and forth, we talk about the kinds of things that are really important. What you, the fans, want to see, want to hear. It's what really you want that counts. And so that's what the show's really always been about. Why do you think the kids come? To see the greatest show on earth, of course. The, all the, the smoke and the blood spilling and all that? Is that important? Firebombs and uh, levitational platforms. Americana, you know, everything that's got to do with... It's Disney, 100 megaton bomb size. But without anybody ever getting hurt, people always complain. Well, there are some people. There will always be... For every Christmas, there's always going to be an Ebenezer Scrooge out there someplace telling everybody how bad something is. And that's because the obvious secret is that they're not part of the fun. One more. This is Gene Simmons, live on WMMS. My mom says hello. Well, you tell your mother I'll see her sometime, okay? Okay. Hey, is your tongue really seven inches long or is it phony? Oh, look, ask your mother to call me later. Bye. Bye. Uh, all right, Gene. I'm going to look at your tongue here. Why? Ooh. Ooh, wait here it comes out. Actually, I come from a long line of long tongues. My mother, of course, has two little wheels, and she drags her as a block behind her. Probably any mother will be relieved to know that despite his bizarre makeup and costume, there are some all-American qualities about Gene Simmons. I still like ringdings and milk and horror movies and not too much more. Yeah, I don't own any cars. I drive around in limos because I can't drive. And I still like ice cream. Chocolate chip, of course. 
<laughs> Any last-minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? No, but I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, Thank you for listening to Podkist, the Kiss fanzine for your ears. <laughs>